Hello and welcome to this episode of Rodcast with me, Lee Durrant, and joining me today is Teresa Durrant. And uh, today we talk to Richard Pay about his career in Salesforce so far. Richard had a, a very successful 30-year career in sales before, unfortunately, being made redundant in his 50s. Um, not sure what to do or where to turn. Uh, he now works as a senior consultant for one of Salesforce's biggest partners in the world. How did he do it? He explains all in this episode. So, hi, Richard Pay. Welcome to the uh, the latest edition of Rodcast. Thanks very much for joining us. How are you doing? Great, thank you. And it's nice to finally meet you face to face. So, entering. Yeah. yeah. So the the three of us are going to have a chat about your career to date. Um, well, in in Salesforce, but also before that. So I, I think we should kick off with you giving us a, a bit of a, I suppose, overview of your career up to the point you decided. I oh, fancy a bit of a bit of this Salesforce stuff. I think overview is a good point because <laughs> about thirty odd years of it. So, um, but yeah, I'll try and I'll try and summarize it. Yeah. I've been. I did. A, I did a degree in um, geography and cartography. Oh, Car- cartography is a dying art, isn't it? But yeah, for people that don't know, it's making maps basically. And in those days, you used to you used to draw them with pen and ink and scribing tools and that sort of stuff. Um, and um, so I did that. And but yeah, very long story, but. I didn't go into that particular sphere because I was about to go off on a project um, mapping Iraq. <laughs> wow. And I got the job and um, I uh, they, they told me that um, that the Iraq-Iran, first Iraq-Iran wars kicked off again. Um, it was on a big um, hydroelectric project. So I was surveying that. And um, uh, so the project got cancelled. And one of those sort of funny turns in your life, and I've had quite a few of these, um, rather randomly, I didn't go down the route of being a, a cartographer or a surveyor. But I still love that that kind of scene. You know, I love all maps and all that sort of mm. stuff. Sounds like, sounds sounds like, like you. That is like me. Yeah, there's something yeah, yeah. It's great, amazing isn't it? about a map, yeah. yeah. So when I'm driving around the car, you know, I'm looking at hills and, you know, you know um, terminal moraines and all that good stuff. So anyway, all good. So, um, but I did a degree in that, but um, I didn't pursue that career. Rather randomly, again, I, I got into um, the automotive business. So I had a basic trainee, if you like, instead of a management trainee in a in a car company down in uh, down in Devon, Cornwall, that sort of area. And um, so I did that, and that kind of kicked off a career in automotive. And I. Over the last 30 years, basically, I've been involved in that in that world of automotive. So I've gone from kind of a used car salesman, if you like, but uh, through to um, being involved in what they call used car remarketing, which is which is the wholesaling of vehicles out from leasing companies and rental companies into the secondary market, which are usually dealers and that sort of stuff. And more recently, that's become quite techy. So it used to be done through car auctions. Um, and then uh, for lots of reasons, that's like everything, frankly, it's all gone on, you know, not all, but it, it's, it's gone online. So um, I got myself involved um, in the online piece and basically selling platforms and 
uh, around the online remarketing bit. So I got into tech that way. Uh-huh. But I've always been a business development sort of guy. I'm that that's my thing. I'm not a techie person. That kind of, you know, probably speak about something about that later on, but I am not a techie person at all. Uh-huh. And um, I come out in a cold sweat whenever in meetings, you know, people sort of said, well, you know, what's the percentage of sales that you did last week as opposed to the week before you know sort of i'm one of those people that go oh right don't yeah don't really get that not a mathematician guy at all but so uh, so i did that and and effectively did that for yeah quite a long time actually rose through the ranks up to kind of sales director level and managing director level of a couple of companies and then uh, yeah so that's kind of how it all sort of started so quite successful in sorry so obviously very successful in that industry and in in, in 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 the sales side of things up to director yeah. levels about as high as you can get isn't it really mm-hmm. so um what was yeah. the moment where you then thought i might i might change i might get off this ladder and start on the on another one i'll tell you a story about that so <laughs> what happened i was <laughs> i was a sales director of a business and i won't name them but effectively we got we got bought out uh, by a big American um, corporation. And I got, and I was happily doing my sales director job and earning a decent, decent wage. And it was all good, happy days. And um, I got called into a meeting and I went into the meeting and there was our HR director in there. And I thought, great, I'm going to get promoted. I knew we'd, be, um, I knew we'd uh, been taken over. So I thought, this is fantastic. I'm going to be head of global sales or some sort of grand job along those lines and um, so went into this meeting they said actually um thanks for coming Richard um you know me taking out we'd like you to reapply for your job oh and I went okay so had a bit of a conversation around that and um came out of the meeting long story short spoke to a fellow director of mine he said Richard they're making you redundant (laughs) okay because yeah, I was surplus to requirements because they had a, a parallel sales director. So it was, it was, I, I wasn't needed. Um, so bit of a kind of a legal challenge around that, but that, that was the bottom line. Effectively, I was made redundant, um, but we came up with a kind of a, I won't go into all the details of it because yeah. it's kind of a, you know, a, a, um, contractual thing, but um, yeah, effectively I, I was made redundant and that, that was the, trigger if you like to uh, you know I was at the time what age was I I was probably in my um yeah early 50s and um that's a point in time when um you've got to start thinking quite carefully about what you do next Mm. um do you you know carry on down that same path or do you yeah have a bit of a rethink and I think it's I think it's um without getting kind of too um, deep about this, when, when, when it happened to me, it was a massive shock. And obviously to my family and everything in terms of um, our income and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, but also it spoke to a lot of things, you know, I've been kind of 30 odd years in that world and bang, you get made redundant. And it happens to a lot of people. And it's kind of, I think it's something that, is never spoken about and i said and i and i noticed this when we go onto something like linkedin you sort of see people where this has happened because companies are being bought out and you know 
all the time and there's lots of different reasons behind that yeah and um what i wanted to say was sort of for people that are kind of out there in i i feel you you know i've been through that yeah. and it, it's the, the people that happens to what happens is we tend to just go into our shell about this yeah. and this is why i wanted to call it out on this on this on this yeah. on, on this um on this podcast because we, we you know tickly blokes right and uh, you know we, we tend to be like we're we're seen as like a successful career he's a successful guy he's got a nice bmw and all the rest of it and your neighbors and your colleagues and everything you don't want to face up to the fact you've been made redundant yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a huge blow to your ego yeah but and um and obviously the practicalities as well and uh so but at that time it was a massive shock and and um uh, so it's something that uh, you know i wanted to sort of say to people is that you know um not say to preach to them but it's something like you're not on your own in that situation mm-hmm. and and it's almost something that i wanted to sort of try and do something potentially in the kind of the sales source world actually sort of like to connect with people that are in that situation maybe we can do it through that channel this channel i don't know but mm. it's a really serious thing because it really really affects so that people. i mean that's that, that's really interesting and i think there's a whole sort of mental health thing that goes around that because i mean oh, yeah. even if we sort of take a, a a step aside for a second and you look at um you know the, the the kind of people that are committing suicide it's it's men of a certain age because there is yeah. so much pressure on them to provide for their families so how did you manage to sort of bounce back from that and kind of give yourself a plan of action because we'll come to your Salesforce career in a, in a moment but you were very driven around what you wanted to do so what was the moment you kind of said right okay this isn't going to happen I've got to make something make something happen for myself um honestly being pushed by my family my wife to do something that triggered it um i've got to recover from this not just pay the mortgage but i mean from like you say of a mental health so now i got really down really down um and um i did um I did try and, you know, get some help. I did a lot of reading around that particular situation. And I did actually finally through, through a, um, a contact at, uh, through family. Um, I did go and see someone and, and have a chat to him about it. you know what the situation, because it was, yeah, it was, it was quite serious. And, um, and sort of not from a career p- coach perspective, but actually from a mental health perspective. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did investigate that um, and really, yeah, you're right, Teresa. I mean, I, I you know had to sort of say, get a plan, get you know, do something about it. What, what the outcome of that was, and a, a number of other things um, that says like you, right, you need to, um, you need to um, get a plan. Yeah. Mm. What what you're going to do? And you certainly had a plan. <laughs> well, how many plans? Well, because <laughs> I'm sure you didn't just go. Well, did you just say right? Let's see, at Salesforce. I'm I'm going for that. No, no, not at all. It was. I knew about Salesforce because I'd, I'd been involved in it. One of the companies that I was with, I was, I was tasked to implement Salesforce in the classic days. Um, and yeah, it was just a job. I don't, it, it was, um, it was something I did, but it wasn't really, I wasn't really heavily involved in it. Mm. Um, but, um, 
so no, it wasn't. It wasn't sort of oh, I need to get involved in Salesforce as such. It was really what happened was um, I needed to. I, I decided I didn't want to work for big companies anymore because couple of you know that I've been made redundant from one <laughs> and I think that kind of trust thing thought oh actually I'm a bit, a bit of a gap there plus to be honest 50 year old guys of, of a certain there's this it's quite hard to get a role of that level hmm. um to to return back into into work yeah. and that's a really you know it's a really serious thing and I do you know I see a lot of people on LinkedIn for example who are kind of you know, and I know personally who are really, really capable people, but they're not not necessarily wanted back in the world that they've just come from, as it were. But amazingly, and, a wealth of experience that coming to a smaller totally. company is just my, my God. Yeah, particularly sales too. So, so you get this yeah. thing where people want, they seem to want sales guys that are quite young and sort of dynamic and thrusting. And I think they see experience as actually a bit of a, a negative mm. and there's that and there's also this thing about very experienced people um they're quite hard to um control as it were <laughs> because they've got a lot of experience yeah. and if you've got data sales guys all right go out hit those targets make it happen i think there's this perception that somebody who's who's very experienced and has had sales director kind of level work will kind of say, well, question that and go, actually, is this the right work thing that we're doing here? Yeah, yeah. So they don't, there's a bit of a, a mismatch there. That was, that was my perception anyway. It may be wrong, but that was kind of my perception. But basically bottom line is it's a young guy's game. Yeah. So, so I thought, well, I've really got to, I've got to, um, how can I, I don't want to go back into that world, to be honest. Um, um, so, I had to sort of what what can I do? So I, what I did as I sort of set myself up as a um, a bit of a business consultant, particularly around startups, because um, I've had a couple of goes of that myself, so I kind of know know a little bit. Yeah, um, I blotted that bit out of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't particularly successful, but but there we go. But I know a lot about it. Hey, right? no, so, failure, no failure, only feedback is what absolutely. they say. So yeah, well, that's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> no, but it is. It, it was actually really good experience um, in in getting that. Right. So so what I did is I helped a number of um, startups um, just get going, basically. And when I was doing that with a couple of companies, uh, I said, "Look, you get yourself a proper CRM to record yourselves." People that are in small companies are good at doing what they do, but they're rubbish at sales and the pipeline, managing the pipeline going forward. Yeah. They're good at making something typically, and they, they really focus on that. So they start a business, and then but they're rubbish because they get really busy doing it. They don't think about the pipeline. So they fail in about a year's time or 18 months' time typically even though they're really good at what they do yeah but they're not getting enough people to buy off them okay yeah. <clears throat> so to manage that pipeline i said look you get yourself a proper crm in place so you can manage the pipeline you sort of need know what's coming down the track sort of thing so um as a result of that i got to know about this thing called salesforce and i thought, oh okay i remember salesforce from way back when so i got to know about it and then as i delved into it between projects, because it was a it was project work I was doing. I was doing sort of small contracts, and in between one, I thought I'll let to know uh, this Salesforce thing looks quite interesting. I'll get back into it, and 
people probably who listen to this podcast will know because it's Zell's was positive. It is such a great community and welcoming place for people that are just kind of looking and, and just you know want to be involved in it but they don't really know how so yeah. you know they you know you can do all your trail heads and uh, you know and I did I had a bit of a gap you know I had a few months where uh, I just got so into doing trail heads and it was just like addictive so I've got myself mm-hmm. up about 300 or something now but I did about I did about 200 and about a month and a half or something like that. I just went nuts for it. I just loved it. Did you go out to, um, to any of the events and, and sort of press the flesh a little bit? And Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, that was a little bit of imposter syndrome, even that. I thought, well, yeah, am I going to be welcome here? But people, oh, were, yeah. you know, yeah. they, they were fine. And, you know, it's something I definitely encourage other people to do. Yeah, to, to, to make those connections. It's important. Um, but yeah, I got into the trailhead thing. And then I thought, well, I might as well do me... Um, my admin sir you know so I did that failed it first time but then um retook it and got it and I thought well actually I'm really into this now and uh yeah so that's kind of how I got into sales was just because I I was sort of advising people to get their heads around a CRM really I think that so that that may well tie into the first time that you and I ever spoke possibly um and 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 I I think we, we had a conversation about trying to figure out what you're going to be. In this <laughs> yeah. What can I do with this guy? Right yeah, now? well, yeah, I, I, I love all that. Um, <laughs> and you're in the right place now, 100%. Big company again, funny enough, having said you don't want to work for one. But um, we've it's, got... It, it's in a different role, yeah, though. It's not, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, what the, so how how was that process for you? Because I'm sure there'll be people in the similar situation. You've been director level before. People are going to look at your CV and think, director... And now he's, you know, trying to get into Salesforce. How, how did you figure out what you wanted to be in this new marketplace? Uh, and what was it like, I suppose, looking for jobs where I'm assuming you had to think differently about the salary you're going to get and, and take a yeah. bit of a cut and all those sorts of things? Yeah. Um, I, although I did my admin cert, I kind of started to think I didn't really want to be an admin as such. Mm. But I thought, well, at the same time, that will give me a good, a good basis because you can't just jump in to be a consultant if you don't kind of know enough. You, you, you can't advise people if you don't you haven't got the basics in place. So, so I did, you know, my gut feeling was I didn't really want to sit at a, um, uh, at a desk and 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 be an admin. That's only my personal because I'm more of a people person. So, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm not really, and I'm certainly not a developer in any way. So that was that was wasn't something I was ever going to do because, as you said, I'm not a logical person. So, so that was never never going to be an option. So the two routes then in Salesforce, as as, as I see it and as I kind of see it now, this this kind of the more um, sort of functional role that mm-hmm. the people sort of route. And then there's the, and then there's the sort of techie developer kind of, you know, yeah, 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 down that, those sort of two sort of routes. And I think I felt fairly early on, I wanted to, um, I wanted to be involved um, as a consultant advising or, you know, uh, implementing maybe with people to solve business problems. That that's really I thought, well, that's where my kind of business experience might sort of start to to kick in. Yeah, well, I suppose it lends well um, from your sales background because if you think about what sales is, it's solving people's problems. 
So yeah. in a way, you're, you're already, um, you know, have experience working as a consultant when you go in at that level of sales. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very similar skills. It's being able to deal with conflict. It's problem solving. It's negotiating and influencing. So just a wealth of experience from your background, I should imagine. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that that's kind of what Salesforce tell you. But then I then the, again, the old ghosts of imposter syndrome kicked in again i'm thinking you know yeah but i've got a lot of experience in sales and business development but you know is is that gonna is that of real value am i got i'm gonna have to get really techie if you sort of mean yeah. to, to to be able to sort of uh, yeah it's, it's all very well knowing a lot about sales and sales strategy and all that good stuff but how does that kind of map out into into salesforce because I, I, I was in the mindset and I, I was wrong at the time, but I had the perception that I needed to be doing a lot of configuration work, you know, building flows and, you know, and doing lots of sort of development work to kind of make all that, that, that happen. So that was my sort of gap in, in sort of understanding that. Um, but um, subsequently, you know, found actually that having that wealth of experience behind me and, Things like just managing meetings, frankly, things like, you know, I've done thousands of sales meetings and having a structure to the meeting. And this is really maps to like holding, you know, workshops, for example, to, to try and elicit business requirements and that sort of thing. Asking questions, you know, the five whys and all that good stuff. It's really great experience to sort of to and particularly if someone. Of my kind of age and experience. Um, it and not being kind of afraid or um, uh, hesitant about asking senior people in business, but people that make decisions about CRMs, it's a massive investment for the company. Yeah. So you tend to be talking a lot of the time to very senior people within within the organisations, and to to not be phased by that is a really you know it's a really so those sort of soft skills are really really useful. That's a massive point, isn't it? Because yeah. if you talk about earlier on, you know, um, about maybe setting up some sort of group for over 50s being made redundant and want to get into Salesforce. So many of these, and I'm, I'm sure there are others, but there's, there's a lot of uh, organisations at the moment that are that are set up to bring in people into the ecosystem. But, but quite a lot of the time, they're young. You know, there'd be graduate schemes at, at your big boys where you are now, I'm sure have one. Um, there's all sorts of schemes to get people into the ecosystem, but they are young and they were the, they will be the sort of people that sit on those meetings and probably wouldn't want to talk up, wouldn't want to say anything. So there's definitely a gap there. I mean, we, we get a lot of vacancies for those kind of people, don't we? We need someone who can hold a room. Um, and that's second nature to someone like yourself. You, you've got to direct it's, a level. It's life experience, isn't it? Mm. You, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're you've got to... Sorry, sorry. Uh, you... you, you you've got to challenge people to, to, to try and get their requirements, if you like. And, and perhaps, you know, to, uh, and to do that, to, to make that challenge, as it were, you've got to have, yeah, a bit of confidence, but also a bit of experience, but also to frame it in a way, um, try and give you an example. So you, you, if you're, if you're sort of saying what, well, what's good for your, you know, we're trying to get an understanding of, of, of best practices or uh, of how your business would, handles the, this particular scenario and to be able to challenge them back is a really important skill 
to do that, but challenging the way that is is gets the best out of them rather than just sort of saying, oh, I wouldn't do it that way. Or are you, yeah. why, why are you doing it that way? That, that seems a bit crazy. You know, that, that doesn't go down well. But if you sort of frame it in a way, sort of like we're, we're trying to understand, um, you know, how, how, you know, you know, how you're running your business or what you do in this particular situation. So we can map it to Salesforce or we can, we can draw out kind of a best practice or something along those lines. And the way you kind of frame it like that is, is a really, really important skill. And it, it believe me, it's really much in demand yeah. in the Salesforce ecosphere. Because as you say, Lee, there's some really, really clever people out there in their 20s and 30s. <laughs> and they are, I mean, I come every day, I'm just like stunned by the ability. And, but they, um, but, you know, they just don't have the experience of, of, um, um, of communicating with um with with um yeah with C-level people yeah. the intimidating leaders or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, go on sorry no so i was i was going to say so you decided salesforce which a lot of people do it's it's it's, it's one thing deciding that's what you want to do so the next thing getting that first opportunity isn't it so how did that go for you um and what did you do to get to the point where you actually kind of got that first job in Salesforce. Yeah, this is the gap, isn't it? And um, uh, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of people with Salesforce admin cert and respect to all those people that are put in, because it is not an easy cert at all. And having done a few more certs, it's actually the hardest that I've mm. come across. Mm. You get over that initial, because it's the fund, it's the real fundamentals and that you need to get you know you, you need to get an understanding of of that it's really crucial that you get um <clears throat> an understanding like the security model and privacy and all that all those fundamentals are really really important to get your head around that and it, but it's not easy and um yeah so there are a lot there are a lot of people out there and i was one of them so the gap is really okay so and uh, you know you hear on uh, sales will say oh we just you know volunteer at a non-profit and uh, you know that that's your way in and you get a bit of experience then you start to you know you, you can showcase that in and 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 that's all true and but that is not easy that particularly in the uk because there aren't that many non-profits that have actually got salesforce actually yeah I mean, in the states there are a lot you know and it is and there's quite a churn of people that are kind of involved in it and 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 then so absolutely you can you could volunteer at a local you know um san francisco homeless charity or something along those lines that, that i could see that working sort of thing. um but in the uk and um in perhaps other territories particularly around around europe i don't think there's quite you know there aren't that many kind of roles out there um but Funny enough, <laughs> to totally, in a way, to sort of co- totally contradict what I've just said, I did manage to get a voluntary role at a yeah. non-profit. <laughs> um, was that I was one of those lucky few, and, and I was lucky because, I, but it wasn't on Salesforce as such. And it's a bit of a story, but bear with me. But what happened was, um, I I got a, uh, I just was helping out from a. Uh, I just volunteered with a with a, a, a local charity that has national 
representation. I'll call it out. It was Age UK. Yeah. yeah. And it's fine. It's on my CV if anybody wants to check it out. It's not, not a secret. Um, and I volunteered there just helping them out on doing some database work. And um, as I was doing that, it wasn't on Salesforce. It was a, another, another system. And, and they were aggregating two or three systems into one sort of thing. So I did some work on that and um, on data migration and all that good stuff. And um, as I was doing that, um, I actually said, I said to myself, this is a, this is a great use case for sales. You need Salesforce, you guys. I didn't even tell them about it, really, because they thought, we, you know, they didn't know anything about it. And it wasn't really core to what they're doing. And I didn't want them to get sort of diverted off down another direction because they want they were going to do down this. They wanted this particular CRM. They'd already contracted to it. But, uh, but in my own sort of time, as it were, I, I rather cheekily modelled their business. And it, it was it's a charity, but it was a business. Mm -hmm. um, I modelled it on Salesforce. I actually did that as a bit of a... A bit of homework. Yeah, yeah, a bit of homework, yeah. yeah. Looks exactly. like the free, the free developer edition you can still get. You can yeah, still get I did. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I got myself, um, I got my developer edition and I mapped it out on, um, on this developer org. And um, yeah, so I did that and did a bit of homework on it. And I, somebody got uh, at, at um, the, the national organization, learned that I was doing this. And chat phoned me up one day and he said, I hear you're, you're mapping out um, this particular um, um, regional offices, business, as it were, business um, model on Salesforce. And um, I'm quite interested in that because we, we as an organization, we're considering Salesforce. Oh, OK, well, oh, I'll, I'll come and show you what we do. So do you mind, do you mind if we meet down in, um, uh, in London at Salesforce? I went, yeah, OK, give it a go. So we met up at um, Salesforce Tower and um, we did a bit of um, brainstorming, as it were. And I, I showed the Salesforce guys, which was quite scary, to be fair, because <laughs> I like, whoa, up at the, you know, the mothership, as it were, down there. And a little old me in Shropshire mapped out this Salesforce org. And uh, and uh, yeah, they, they said, actually, that's that kind of works. So we could see that working. Yeah. Um, and so Salesforce and, uh, and Age UK basically got together without particularly me, me involved. Long story short, they subsequently, um, I don't think I'm sort of saying anything out of, out of, out of, out of um, uh, you know, they contracted with, with Salesforce and yeah, off they went. And, well, that's a, that's they, they chose Salesforce because <laughs> and I, I sort of sparked it all off. But um, so there, there was a sort of a, a hiatus as it were and um i did some other work um uh while that that went off at a tangent they were considering you know the working out contracts and all that good stuff and um so it went a bit quiet on that front but it was really really good experience actually <clears throat> is that you know a, a proper use case of eliciting requirements modeling them in within salesforce working out what the challenges were and there are quite a lot of challenges because a lot of the lot of the work they were doing involved um, field service. So they're basically going out to the older people in the in in the homes and uh, and uh, and providing them with a service. So there's a lot to think about that around field service lightning that that sort of area. If you think about you know what you've just done there, even if they do, even if the end of that story wasn't 
that that they went with Salesforce, even if they didn't go with Salesforce. That that on its own shows if you put that on your CV, the fact that you've, you've volunteered there and you have you've made a model, if you like, of of their processes on Salesforce free edition in your spare time. That's a great tip, anyway, right there, isn't it? But someone's got to have it. You know, you need there was a you know a good bit of um, forethought from yourself to do that, and, and a lot of lot of work, and you know, you'll put that in to 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 get to where you are now, and. Um, I think it shows good initiative, it's, doesn't it's it? It's fun, to be honest. It sounds a bit kind of sad, really, doing this in your spare time. But I got so into Salesforce, I thought, you know, this is, you know, I really wanted to solve this. It was like a big puzzle, a big like a jigsaw that I just basically wanted to put together and, and solve it, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, you're rightly. It's. It, I mean, I'm most extremely fortunate um, in that they actually subsequently went ahead and bought the product. Um, and then I was, you know, another part of the story, you know, I was involved later on, but yeah. purely from the perspective, actually just modeling out any business it doesn't even have to be a charity. If you just go and work at a, a any business these days, they've all got, <laughs> well, any, any business, they've all got business processes, haven't they? You know, they're selling stuff or they're providing a service or whatever it may be. If you work there or even volunteer there in some way, um say uh you know you're on a customer service desk or doing sales or whatever it may be you can i i definitely recommend just like say say do you mind guys if 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 i just sort of take this away and model this on salesforce and to because did you ask sorry did you ask that and did the the yeah yeah oh he did did. okay because i suppose they could they could say no didn't they in which case uh well because it's it's their data really isn't it you know so I, I think it was just it was kind of just it would be best practice to sort of say mm. i'm not doing it behind your backs uh, and there's no alter, ulterior motive it's just you know i'm just interested to try and um to map it out into a different um yeah. oh you're not using their data oh, so. no i just figured it, you're using but, like yeah you're just like dummy data but yeah. it's just like the business process but i suppose from your startup days as well because i mean going back to that where you've got a lot of businesses that just find themselves in business very rarely do they take the time out to step back and go how can we make this more efficient how can we make the the customer journey much you know much more efficient more streamlined and and so on so any good business at some point should step back and have a look at their processes and get them mapped out and look for ways for improvement um and, and that right there is just you know the fact that you you took that you know took that project and and went away with it and came back with something that actually then successfully gets implemented I think it's a really good tip. I mean, anyone, I don't think no. many people would think to do that. So that's a great tip straight away. Yeah. And as I say, it doesn't have to be with a charity because I think Salesforce do push off volunteer with a nonprofit. But I've noticed fairly recently that they're sort of starting to rein a little bit back about because there's some pushback from, from nonprofits that are saying, actually, how much value is a really inexperienced Salesforce person yeah. to our, to our charity because <laughs> you know there's a there's a little bit of a pushback there but in yeah. in in i mean globally it doesn't really matter it doesn't have to be with a non-profit no. wherever you're working yeah. or i mean you don't even have to be working there you you, could, you, you know you could you, you can give any dummy company can't you anything yeah but yeah. <laughs> it, it works better when it's real world because the challenges come up in the real world because you can't imagine the the challenge if you're just doing it sort of 
plucking the data out of you know out of, of thin air you don't get the challenges you want the challenge the, the the challenge is the important bit yeah to solve those problems and if you can demonstrate that you've solved them whether that through that company or that organization um and you can demonstrate that on your cv that's that's i i think that would be a great thing to to have on your cv frankly that you you solved real world ex, um um, issues and, and that's exactly what people are often lacking when they're perhaps um, coming into entry roles into sales forces they may have put in all of the study they may have got themselves the certificates but it's getting that real world experience on their cv so yeah even and that, but that's the real challenge is that it's yeah. hard to get real world experience you're in sort of a catch-22 you know they you know that everybody wants experience and you you see these cvs every not cvs but these um requirements from um from businesses, from companies to say, well, you know, we need, you know, six years experience and one on um, CPQ or something like that. Yeah. Okay, great. But, you know, you've got to, so you're in a catch 20 or how do I get experience and all the rest of it. But if you start out on that road, so you, you volunteer or you work with a, you know, medium sized business and you get involved in sort of like, I don't know, their accounts department or something. So actually, could I could I just like model this on Salesforce, yeah. and and then you know whether it, and you might get lucky like I did and I said that you know the company says actually that's this is really useful we we've got to think about Salesforce here because it does solve a lot of you know you put yourself in that position and not many people yeah. have the you initiative created. to think yeah you created that situation definitely and I'm probably not giving yourself enough credit for that um, and I also going back to maybe the the subject that's you know. It's a little bit um, difficult to talk about is how often did you did you go on interviews and have interviews and, and feel like the feedback you were getting was a did you ever did you get that your two experience for us feedback if you know what I mean um in Salesforce interviews is it well? oh I mean I mean in Salesforce interviews yeah when you were first looking for that first opportunity did you find um, it? I didn't really get that, but I think it's probably the opposite. I think a bit lacking in experience okay. rather than too experienced. I don't think um, it was it was that way around. But it's um, yeah, it was. You know, you, it, it's getting your foot in the door mm. at a at a at a point where how can I put it? You 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 can be genuinely useful to to a business. You know, they're not just sort of, you know, they're not recruiting people. They're recruiting people because they've got a a business you know a requirement that they need to fulfill and you you know if you can't if you can't solve that problem for you they're not going to just give you a role out of the goodness of the heart you know they've got you know they're paying you it's a big commitment it's a big financial commitment and um from an hr perspective it's a big you know it's it's a serious thing that you know they they can't just sort of take on oh i hope he works out okay so you've got to demonstrate to people that you are capable of doing it. And one of the ways of doing that is to, is to sort of, is, is to sort of model, you know, that, that would be my perspective is to, is to get some experience somehow. It's yeah. a chicken and egg thing, but if you like, you just get that little bit of um, flow going that you're, you know, that you've got some experience and you can talk to the person that's interviewing about a real world scenario they might just take a chance on you and go, actually, yeah, this guy's actually thought these things through. It's, it's interesting you say that, and I don't mean to <clears> kind of make <throat> this about me, but it, it, you've just made me think of something that I did quite a number of years back. But I literally going to say the same thing. Um, 
I, I, I did for a little while uh, work as a customer success manager um, on a contract basis. And part of what I did to kind of land that particular role was I, I come from a property management background. Mm-hmm. So I actually went off. Um, fortunately, because I knew the industry, I, again, I understood the pain points. And I created an app on the DevOrg um, for property management just about you know dealing with gas safeties and maintenance issues and stuff like that just something that I could demonstrate and it, it wasn't the polished article I can't even say if I look back now that it was any good wasn't this, this was pre-trailheads though so you had to go and sit through those iTunes yeah. um, ADM201 courses and things like that tell you yeah. how many hours I sat there I watching those videos and YouTube stuff and just researching um you know how to be an admin, how to be a developer. I even sat through the 501 course. It made no sense. But I thought if I come away with one piece of knowledge that I didn't know before, it's got to be worth it. Um, But it got me the contract role. And that was my foot in the door to Salesforce. And then I took the, you know, some of that knowledge that I learned from that and have, you know, implemented it within, within our own business. So you can absolutely create it. If you can't do it for an actual business itself, it's just, think about the things that you're passionate about if you work in retail what's a solution that you could come up with for retail well if, um, if you're you know if, if the target audience for this particular podcast is someone who's been made redundant and they're in there you know they've had a really good career in another industry you're going to know that industry so well that i'm sure you could create a really good uh, app at the moment for the automotive industry i'd imagine because of your experience there so yeah if you've just been maybe done it from an industry you know like the back of your hand why, why not trailhead adm201 build something who knows where that takes you you've got to in my view show uh-huh. the ability to overcome challenges to solve problems that's the critical and that's what that's what um businesses that are recruiting that's what they want yeah they, they, they need people to and if you can do that if you've got the ability to do that you'll always have a job you'll always have a role because that's it, it's so difficult to find people that can genuinely solve problems yeah and, and so the sweet spot for me without getting too philosophical about it is is the if it's it, it, the, the sweet spot is it's like it's taking on the challenge the you follow me? So it's 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 mm-hmm. that's the important thing. It, cruising is not an option. You you you've got to like you did, Teresa. You know, you got, I've I don't, I've got the vision of I want to create this app, but there's nothing to you know. I don't know how. I don't understand how to do it, and there's no real sort of documentation about how I go about that. There's no kind of the, the, like you say pre trail trailhead days. I've got to solve this problem, and by doing that and going through that process, you've really. Um, you've overcome those challenges and that's the beauty of it that that's that's the real learning that you have and and that's the you know that's the experience that you can demonstrate to to someone in an interview if you can do that they can see that you're the sort of person that can overcome challenges fantastic i mean i'm trying i remember there's a podcast we've done before with a with a senior lady who said exactly that If, if you come to me with a cv and it says you know i've built this app it, you know, I haven't got real world experience, but I built this app and I've got, I've got this certification, then she will give those people a chance. And I think that's if you're willing to put that time in, in your spare time, then companies will see that. But certainly the partner ecosystem, which actually is something I was going to ask you. So clearly you got your experience at the .org world. Did you have a plan to go to a partner or an end user, excuse me, <clears throat> or was it a case of 
for foot in the door anywhere I can get it to, to give me that first chance. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit, yeah, going back, returning, looping around to get to the imposter syndrome. Now, mm. now I've overcome one challenge of imposter syndrome. Now I'm into another one, right? Okay, so into into another kind of layer of the of the onion. I looked at some. I wanted to be. I think kind of you know when you say plannedly, there wasn't a great deal of planning in my life, and things happened to me randomly, which I think <laughs> is the case in a lot of most people if they're really honest with themselves. Yeah, plan, but whether it actually happens or not, no, no, it's a bit random. But I think life is a bit random. Anyway, the um, yeah, so I, I did look at some consultants. I had made a lot of applications to some some good chunky, you know consultancies and you know you know you guys helped me out with that and you know that was that was great experience I think um but I was a little bit like how do I fit in to these you know they seem so so clever and like you know professional and just amazing you know there's people there with like 15 certs and all this sort of stuff I'm thinking how on earth are I, you know I've got one cert you know and um and not much experience you know how am I going to bridge that gap and um so that was a bit off-putting and um uh, you know so so really I, I i but i just needed to actually work in <laughs> some form of sales force really yeah, to yeah. get my foot on the get my foot in the door in some way and um yeah and that's you know that that was kind of my first role um that you know you introduced me to so you know with um with Gemma. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to touch on the imposter syndrome thing. You've mentioned it two or three times now. I don't mean to to teach the listener to suck eggs, but it's something that Teresa knows quite a lot about uh, as a bit of a business coach. So just in case someone's listening, thinking, I don't know what that is, do you want to explain what it is? And then... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are various forms of imposter syndrome. So, I mean, without going to a full-on coaching session, I wouldn't do that to you, Richard. <laughs> um it could manifest itself in different ways, but usually it's people that are often very good at their job. Um, I don't actually think that they're going to, you know, they're that good that they're going to be found out. Um, you know, they're constantly comparing themselves to other people, which I suppose if you're coming into a technology space, and forgive me for saying this a bit later on in life, you're kind of trying to keep up with the young kids that have grown up with technology. So it probably would be very easy to, to sometimes feel a, a little bit out of your depth. Um, but, you know, I think people need to embrace the imposter syndrome because quite often it's the thing that drives you to keep <clears throat> trying and striving to, to do better. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it doesn't have to be as scary as people think. No, and you're in good company because I... There's so many people that I've spoken to on this podcast and just generally who you would look at and think, wow, they've got it. They, you know, they, they've got it all figured out. They're doing really well. And they would definitely mention or, or they might not say it. They might not say the words imposter syndrome, but they certainly have that. I think it's fair to them. say everybody experiences imposter syndrome at some point mm. in their life. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, One thing that I've kind of picked up along the way is particularly in Salesforce is something I alluded to earlier which is this kind of the two branches of you know you've got the sort of more functional side the people side if you like and then you've got the sort of techie side from from my early um perception of salesforce until i really did i really understand it it looks very techy it's a tech platform and you sort of see these images of these 
you know, young guys, you know, on their scooter zooming through, you know, warehouse, golden, uh, golden hoodies on, <laughs> all this sort of stuff going on in their bar football and all, all that good stuff. And it, you think that's not me? That just, you know, I'm I'm an old git, grey hair, <laughs> and I don't really get tech. But so one thing that I sort of managed, I managed to get over the imposter syndrome is that. Is, is to focus on your strengths. And, you know, I've got some strengths, probably hard to believe, but, um, but I have got some strengths. And I, when, I, when I focused on that and the penny dropped, that those strengths are really valuable in certain, you know, in, in the kind of functional side. That was me. That was, that was you know, the people side of things. That was, that was really, um, that is of real value. So I started to get more confidence about that. And, uh, and that, that started to me to sort of overcome those fears of, I think particularly when you've been made redundant, Teresa, it's yeah. a kick in the goodies, it really is. And you get, you lack a lot of confidence. And then when you try and return back into, into work, you are very defensive and you're kind of looking at people that have made it and they're, you know, they're this and they're that, and, you know, they've got these amazing careers. And then you, you look in the sales source world and there's, oh, I started up this consultancy and now it's worth, you know, $50 million and all this sort of stuff. You think, you go, wow, again, you know, these amazing people. And they are, I mean, you know, you, you do, you've had them on this broadcast. I mean, you know, they are fantastic, able people. Um, but it's important that you focus on what you are good at yeah. and what you can, what you can do and how you add value. And, um, if you can't demonstrate that, to be honest, you haven't got a career. So, so, yeah. you know, to be honest, you know, to be blatantly honest, you're not. You're just an imposter, and you you are an imposter. But yeah. no, but if, if if you can demonstrate some strengths, and you can demonstrate some how you can overcome those challenges, like I mentioned earlier, and you can add value, that's that's something that you need to focus on. In I think. And I think that's the thing with going back to the imposter syndrome is quite often it's very easy to compare yourself to other people, but you are unique. No one will have your life experience, your uh, you know level of skills and so on. So it, it's important to just see yourself as an individual, what you can bring to the table rather than constantly thinking, am I keeping up with this person over there? Because they actually might have a you know completely different background and they come from... Yeah, (laughs) they've worked at different places so they could never have your experience that you do um so i think it's like you say it's important to focus on your own strengths and what you can bring to the table i'd also say in the salesforce world it is it's really important that there is a real welcome for people who are older and have got experience and this is this is it's not you know, the, the people don't sort of, the, the, it's not overtly out there that people say, we want people of, um, you know, 50 plus and all this sort of stuff. It's not explicitly put that out there that, you know, but I can assure people that even you know, if they're struggling with this and uh, thinking, do, you know, am I, 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 am I going to be made welcome in this world? It looks all shiny and new and Californian and youngsters and all great, but I, I can absolutely guarantee well, you know, there's a welcome for you because your skills, your experience from whatever background you've got are really, really valuable. And, and 
Salesforce as an ecosystem talking about now, where not just Salesforce themselves, but all the partners, the end users, all the you know ISVs and so on and so forth. They're desperate for people with experience, and um, it's a real gap. And so, if you're fifty plus, I've got sadly another twenty years of working life, probably more than that because I haven't filled up my pension pot enough. (laughs) um, I'd like to retire next week, but it ain't going to happen. But, um, you know, there's the facts are, you know, we're going to be, most people are going to be working into their sixties and seventies. That's a fact. And Salesforce is really, really welcoming to those people. I'm just going to ask you. We want you on board. I mean, genuinely it's, it's, it's a real kind of play. And from Cap Gemini, where I'm at the moment, They've been amazing, absolutely amazing. And I don't want a big shout out to Cap, but they've been incredible in terms of like the, the welcome that I've had and the, you know, they see value for people. But when I go on these calls, I'm thinking, oh, imposter syndrome, I'm going to meet all these Salesforce architects and all the rest of it. When I go on the calls, they're 50 year old blokes. Right, okay. so, you know, there's a lot of people out there like, you know, that is, that is, I mean, there's there's a, a big diversity of people. Don't get me wrong; it's not, it's yeah. not all just like sad, stale old men like me. But you know, there, there's there's quite a diversity of. There are people like me, you know, from lots of different backgrounds. So there's a big welcome for even like, the, you know, the likes of I can only call out Cap Gemini because I'm that's where I am. In the I was, moment. I was gonna, yeah, they are very supportive. Yeah. I was going to ask. Um, bear in mind what the Salesforce ecosystem is like and how welcoming it is. Did you have any kind of mentors or anybody? I don't know. You mentioned a couple of people earlier on, but anybody that you could turn to and say, "What do you What do you think? Any ideas?" Because I know there's a lot of people out there with these, um, you know, these these golden hoodies and whatnot, whatever it is you get for being an MVP these days. Who, who that's there? That's one of the things they're really good at. Some yeah. of you could be quite good at offering that as a mentor to to, to future people in that in that. Um, a similar situation to you but did you have people like that you don't have to name names obviously i don't mind naming names if you don't you know I, one yep. very significant one is someone you introduced me to and that's Gemma blazard big yep. shout Gemma. Yeah. yeah and um and she's been amazing though i think a lot of people in Salesforce sort of know Gemma, and sure. she's absolutely fantastic person both personally and professionally and, and a massive inspiration to me and I know a lot of other people and I was fortunate to to be able to work um, for Gemma in uh, in in the sort of setup and uh, around the strategy of um, her her business the architect club um, which is you know very successful so it was a privilege to be honest to be to be working with her we stayed in touch and um you know, and uh, and she's been, yeah, she's a t- tremendous inspiration. So, yeah. One of the most generous people with her time out there. when it comes Yeah, absolutely, to- absolutely. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've had some heart-to-hearts both, you know, both ways. I don't think that's revealing any great secrets. We've, we've had, you know, she's, um, she, she's just, you know, a very, very um, inspirational person, I'd probably yeah. put it that way. I know there are a lot of people that, say the same about her and i'm sure after this uh you know podcast goes out there are going to be a lot of people thinking the same about you because um i think it was it's very touching of what you know how sort of the last comment you said about the fact that 
Salesforce is an ecosystem that will open its arms up to people that have been in your situation that perhaps later on in life where maybe they're thinking, am I ever going to get over this, you know, redundancy? Am I ever going to be able to reinvent myself and come back stronger? So I think there are going to be a lot of people that will listen to this podcast and feel inspired by what you've said. Thank you, Teresa. I appreciate that. And that's if people wanted to reach out to me, like personally, absolutely. I'm very happy to, you know, to speak to people about that um, and have a, you know, chat to them and, and give you the full story. Cause I mean, I've, I've really given you half of it, but no, it's, <laughs> but it is, I mean, it is genuinely, I know, I, and I know there are a lot of people out there that, you know, for lots of different reasons, maybe they've been redundant like I was, or they've had a, I don't know, they may have got divorced. Um, they may have had a big change in their life and um, they're in a difficult, you know, difficult place. Yeah. And, and a career is so important to that because you've got to earn money. <laughs> so you can't just float around not earning money. Yeah. It, the facts of life are you need, to ha- you need to have a role. Unless you won the lottery, you need to be working. And you, um, when you've had a big life-changing moment like that, it, it, it does affect you mentally. Uh, you can get very down. And I think particularly, well, it doesn't matter what, you know, male or female, but I know from personal experience that males bottle it up and they say, they, you know, they, they pretend that they're still going off to work and, mm. and, you know, they put stuff on LinkedIn, you know, I'm a consultant fact is you're not working and um and you, you but you want to be so you sort of like how can i put it without you're kind of almost living a lie really well, and that that's that's something that you don't have to do that you don't you know it's it's important that you can you can get a plan get yourself get yourself in salesforce it, you know they, they're recruiting I don't know it's, it's hundreds of thousands of roles aren't they? Hundreds of them. and the key thing you guys, you know, guys are going to be very busy there's no doubt about that no, but, we, yeah I think the key know, thing, there's, there's a lot of opportunities so anybody's in that situation you can you can start to make a plan and um and pick yourself up if you've been made redundant or you've had a big life-changing situation you just want to change your career I want to get out of this I mean what have I been doing for the last 20 I don't want to do it anymore yep. you know just go for it. And that would be my advice. You're, you're not technical. And I think a lot of people would think going to work for Salesforce, a tech platform, I've got to be technical. But obviously what you said earlier on, what you're probably going to reiterate now is that if anything, that's not what they need now. They need the people skills. The, the... the tech's been done. Yeah. You know, to be yeah. honest, the, the tech, it's not been done, but I mean, you know, there's still developers required, but Salesforce has got so sophisticated now that you don't, the developer side of it is less important. You know, it's it's actually how do we actually, you know, how do we get this? How, how do we get? How do we interact with people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, whether they be board members or actual people like pressing buttons on us, you know, on a laptop. Yeah. You know, those people. We need to. How do we bridge that gap between the tech and the people? And that's the important bit. Well, the thing is, you, you you kind of need people to deal with people because the technology just solves people problems. And like you said, that the fundamental part of the technology is already there. Sure, it needs a little tweak or, or you know, 
uh, it needs to talk to other platforms and stuff like that. But it, it's really the people that understand the businesses, that understand the industry sectors. So like you just said, if people want to just even just have a change of pace, just change the, you know, the role, their career that they're in because they're bored or fed up, they can still harness all of that knowledge and skills that they've gained. Totally. But, it, but in a totally different and unique and very fulfilling way. I'll, I'll tell you a little story now, but I was talking to a friend of mine who's actually a school friend of mine. So he's the same age as me in Sainsbury's car park the other day. Mm. And we kind of lost touch. I haven't seen him for a couple of years. And I was just saying, hey, mate, how you doing? And, and you know, he said, oh, I've been made redundant. I went, oh, crikey. Um, I said, but you've been with that, that business for ages, you know. And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, um, it's just like, you know, they just, you know, yeah, restructured the business and made, made him redundant. So same age as me. And he's um, probably not giving too many secrets, well, but, you know, he's 30 odd years in the parcels business, parcel delivery and all that good stuff. Okay. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm on Salesforce. And he said, oh, I've heard, heard about that. Yeah. And uh, I said, mate, get involved in it because he said, oh, but, you know, I've been mean, just like, yeah, I've been involved in like parcels, you know. He said, yeah, but he said, I know that big parcel companies are using yep. Salesforce. Yep. Names. There's one that we get a delivery from seem to be every other day. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, so that experience, he, he wasn't on the tech side, I think. He was just like in operations with his company. 30 years experience, really valuable experience. You know, they need him. Salesforce or somebody, you know, consultancy yep. or whatever will need, you know, they want him. They will need someone with that experience to say, right, how do we implement Salesforce in a parcels operations kind of yeah. area? You know, and so that's sort of an example of, you know, no, nothing about tech, but, you know, he's, you know, he's got a, you know, good bank of experience there. To he, sort of get advice? Okay. What, what, has he done anything with that? I don't know. But, oh, you know, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if he's taken me up on, on the offer, but no, uh, no, he was, no. you know, he's, in, in a year's time and you can tell I mean, us he's how he's getting with on you. Oh, <laughs> my boss in a couple of years there we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i think you're right i think there's i think there's a there's a lot of people in that position and and as i said before like he probably thought when you said that to him in the car park it's technology i'm not a technology person and that's um getting that message across isn't it to everybody and we'll obviously try and do that with your help um so where you are now then we've already mentioned cap gemini Congratulations on that. So I think it's a really good place for you to yeah. be. And, and congratulations for them as well, I think, to get your experience on board. Uh, what's the future for you? What 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 are you excited about um, for yourself and for the ecosystem, I suppose, that you're now a part of? Um, I'd like to say I have a plan. I don't know. <laughs> I've given up having plans, Lee, Teresa, because, you know, they never seem to... So but um, no, I mean, they've been extremely welcoming um, as a business and um, yeah, just to totally recommend them from, from that perspective. Um, there's lots of work. That's one of the message I do there. There is no shortage of work, believe me. So they are, yeah, again, to sort of like, you know, um, say for the umpteenth time, there is a, you know, there is a welcome for you there because people... You know, they've got a lot of projects. Uh, I don't think I'm giving away too much commercially there. They are extremely busy yeah. and um, and you'll get you'll get um, uh, well and truly, you know, um, 
on a project straight away and be working away. I think in terms of personally for me, I, I'd like to do more about kind of getting more people involved in that, in that world. I think that's giving back's a bit of a cliche, isn't it really? But, but yeah, so it's sort of like saying, well, I've been fortunate. I've been, I've been lucky. How can I get more people involved? That's, that's what I'd like to do. Um, and um yeah, I think I think that's probably it, really. I think that's as much as I'd like to say, you know, I want to be a certified technical architect in five years. But, you know, that ain't going to happen for me. But I'd might, I'd, I, you know, I, I could well work my way up to, you know, solution architect level or something along those lines. Some down the, down the sort of the people channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got a few now, haven't you? Certifications, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I've got I've got three. I keep procrastinating about my fourth. I keep putting off to do it. I'm going to do it over the Christmas holidays, and then um, once I've done that, I'd I'd like to do field service um, cert, a consultant cert. That would be my next one, and then after that, I don't know. Um, but I, what I would say is that if anybody, if you're not working and you and you <clears> get your certs now, because <laughs> when you get in winter work, you won't have any yeah. time to do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's very difficult to do certs when you when you're working. So um, yeah, do as many as you can straight away. And I think people that you know that that you know if there's this sort of feedback that always got hundreds of certs but no experience, just keep doing the certs because I think it's it, it all adds to you to your value. Well, it can't hurt, can it? I know people, people do say that, but yeah, you, you keep doing it. You can't have too many certs. It's like you can't no. have too much experience. No. No, um, exactly. Although I appreciate, I don't know how much they cost anymore. I, don't, I know in the old days it used to cost quite a bit, but if, so if you have just been made redundant, just going and getting a cert probably costs yeah, it's, money, it? can be a bit onerous. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a good investment. I think if you're going to do, any, you know, um, if you're going to do anything, get, get some, think, get some certs. Yeah. It demonstrates a level of de- dedication to what you're trying to achieve. And I think even, um, you know, if you, if you don't have all of the real world experience to back it up, the fact that you're willing to put your hand in your pocket and pay for a cert kind of says a lot about somebody uh, as an individual. And yeah, it does. You will get that money back. <laughs> you know, it will come well, back yeah, to you. You will. And when you when you do work, you start working, all those little nuggets of you know the information that you've you've learned just sort of randomly pop into your head and go oh yes i remember that now um and uh you you can look quite smart actually in a meeting if you actually come (laughs) up with an answer that uh, you just you you learn i I would say a message to people as well is don't don't get don't get too down if you feel like you're speaking to a lot of companies it's not quite working for you um there there's so many out there I mean, I know you and I, you know, and it was the tip of the iceberg with some of the companies we, we talked about. Um, yeah. so, so many recruiters out there that will help you. Um, so many of these super mum type organisations, I can't remember yeah. their names, uh, whether, there, whether there is one for the redundant over 50s market. <laughs> but if there isn't, maybe maybe we there's a, there's a niche. Because, you know. The, the, yeah, the job centre, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my message being don't get don't get too down because there, there will no, be a company no. out there that like you found cap um it's just trying to find it's just keep going yeah. um because some of them might might be too you know they only want young and dynamic but there's someone will see the value in that person and give them an opportunity and then off you go absolutely yeah when, when i was interviewed by cap um there was very much that focus 
don't be put off by thinking, oh, I've got an interview with, you know, major consult SI and they're going to really grill me. Um, they do grill you, but but they the focus is on your experience, your kind of solutioning. Uh, how would you approach something? It's not, they don't quiz you about, right, build a flow or how would you code this or whatever. It might. Don't be afraid of that. It's really a focus, certainly at CAP anyway. It's more of a focus about what can you bring to the, you know, what can you bring to, to CAP and, you know, how can you add value? Like I was saying earlier, how can you solve problems? How you can communicate those things? And, um, you know, if you can, if you can demonstrate that, but, but don't be afraid of the interview kind of process because, you know, they're not there to try and catch you out. They're trying to sort of to work out how you could add value into their organisation. Yeah. It's something we say all the time. It's about trying to rule people in rather than rule people out. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, a, a good point to take into account. Wow, is that the time? So um, <laughs> I'll usually ask, and I will ask this, have you got any further tips or advice? I mean, you've, you've come up with loads already, so don't feel bad if you I'm, haven't. I'm going I'm to come up with a real cliche, Liam. <laughs> go on, go on. But, you know, was it Gary Player? There's a bit of a debate about this. Is it Gary Player or uh, Arnold Palmer, one of these? You know, he said, you know, the more I practice, the luckier I get. Mm. So, you know, you sort of say I've been lucky into, into getting a, a role, and I have been. Um. But the more you make the effort, get out there, meet people, offer your services to sort of like I say, you know, to sort of map out Salesforce in a in a different environment, make some connections, talk to you guys, get yourself in a position to be lucky. Yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah. That's the thing. If you sit on your bum and just sulk and maybe do some trailheads, but never really get out there that you're not going to get anywhere it's creating you've opportunity got, you've got to get out there and overcome that maybe a bit of a shyness or the imposter syndrome whatever however you want to call it get off your bum meet people and get yourself out there fantastic thank you brilliant love that thanks richard um and um, on that note i just want to go out and do something now you... <laughs> I don't know what, but you're staying with Rod. Oh, okay. Thank you, <laughs> Richard. Thank you very much for your wisdom and good luck in your career. I know you'll you'll be brilliant. And was it twenty more years you got? So yeah, we'll look forward to seeing. Looks like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, that, how that goes, mate? Thanks very much um, for your time. It has been brilliant. Okay, Thanks. I've enjoyed it. Thanks very much. I'd like to thank Richard Pay there um, for sharing his Salesforce career journey with us. Uh, you can follow Richard on LinkedIn and also follow us Resource On Demand on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, thank you once again, Richard, and we look forward to seeing you all again soon. <laughs>